I don't know much about this character or this this girl, but she's just that good. You took my girl, you took my yeah. job, you took everything. <laughs> yeah. It would be quite weird if she if she ended up going out with another guy called James Bond. Guys, you can't ask that to a film director. <laughs> Razor, look how curly my hair is. Very curly, actually. How, how has that happened? I don't know, really. I've just, I've just let it grow quite long, longer than, I've, than I have done since the pandemic. Remind me a bit of Josh Withercombe. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Neither good nor bad. Well, he's a respected uh, comedian. Is he a podcaster? Probably. A lot of them, yeah. Most of them are podcasters, aren't they? Um, yeah. Your hair's looking nice as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Makes a change. You didn't actually specifically say mine looked nice, just to just to note. No, that. I didn't. No. But um, welcome, everyone, <laughs> to the Valdebon podcast. Yes. What are we here to talk about, Fraser? We are here to talk about James Bond. You know him? Uh, yeah, do I? We're here to bring an exciting guest. Today's guest is a very exciting one for me anyway. Uh, a man called Etienne Kubuabo, and uh, we'll invite him on to give us what his fantasy James Bond movie might be. And to do that, he'll cast Bond, a co-star, a villain, pick a director, and someone to perform the theme song. Excellent. And is that all he can do, or can he do any more? He can do whatever he wants. He's got free reign. He can, he can cast... Q, he can cast M, he can cast Moneypenny, Felix, he can pick who's doing the soundtrack, he could do, you know, locations, gadgets, cars, Bond loves his cars. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I'm very excited about this. Um, I can't remember though, Stuart, do we normally have rules? Well, up till this series, we have been famous, notorious, in fact, for having absolutely no rules. This time around, there is just one itsy weensy little rule. Oh yes, you're right, you're right. And that rule is... The, the Madonna, Madonna Bell! Bell. <laughs> <laughs> the rules of the Madonna Bell are that if our guest mentions Madonna three times over the course of the episode, each time they mention it, the Madonna Bell will ring. And if they get three rings, they have to sing a line from their favourite Madonna song. Or if they don't have a favourite, we get to pick. We pick one, yeah. Brilliant. Such a great punishment, I think, for saying Madonna three times. Yeah, and we promise uh, when we edit the episode, we will leave it in their song in full. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I have a bit of apprehension, and let me yeah. tell you why. Um, regular listeners of the show will know that I'm not a big superhero film kind of guy, right? Yes. And our guest this week is pretty entwined in the superhero world. In fact, Absolutely. he is the, the creator of Scotland's first black superhero. That's correct, yes. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm, you know, I'm going in open-minded. Uh, certainly, like, the worlds of Marvel and DC are pretty unfamiliar territory to me, but I'm hoping that, uh, you know, there'll be, there'll be plenty to discuss nonetheless. Well, I'm glad you brought this up at this stage, Stuart, because I've actually got a wee challenge for you with regards to your hatred of, not hatred, but your disassociation with, disinterest, uh, yeah. Disinterest of uh, of comic book and 
superhero flicks. I know you're not a fan. I don't want Etienne finding that out. Okay. So my challenge to you is that by the end of the episode, you have to convince him that you are a fan of superhero movies and comic book movies. Lie to our guest's face. Lie to his face. Okay, that's actually quite a tough challenge. Um, uh, I think I'm up for it. Yeah. Are you a good liar? No. <laughs> Was that a lie? <laughs> Busted. <laughs> I have a challenge for you as well. Okay. I want you to find out, without arousing any suspicion, what time each morning Etienne sets his alarm clock for. Okay. What time does Etienne set his alarm for? I'm going to go in strong and I'm going to say 7.15 as a guest right now, but I will find out. Okay, right, as a guest, yeah. Um, listeners at home can place their bets now um, and you win something? I don't know. Uh, well, maybe we should start doing merch and they could, what, they could win a Build One mug or something. Yeah, a poster or mouse mat. <laughs> A mouse mat. <laughs> I think we've joked about mouse mats before. I just had a bit of a deja vu there. Let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. Let's uh, open up IMDb, play along mm-hmm. at home, and bloody well enjoy it, because I know I'm going to. Tonight's guest, oh, I've been desperate to get him on the show for ages. It's one of Scotland's most exciting names in film. Not only has he garnered a vast library of music videos, shorts and feature films with his name to them, he's also the creator of Scotland's first ever black superhero, DJ E.T. in the Beats of War series, now on its third instalment. On an even more serious note, this guy is a shining example of how refugees can thrive in the creative industries of our wee nation. So please welcome Etienne Kubwabo. <laughs> Etienne, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited to just be chatting with you guys, just connecting and you just have lots of natural conversations and I really like what you guys are doing. So I'm happy to be here. So Etienne, you've obviously got a huge amount, a huge body of your own work that you've done, you know, and more to come as well. We're here specifically today to talk about Bond, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of the films? Yeah, I think the, the first time I watched the first Bond was like in the 90s. I, I'm a big fan, but obviously I'm not going to come on a podcast and be like, I've watched all of them, but I've seen the classics and I know the gadgets. I know some actors and yeah, and then I can tell you who's my favorite Bond. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. I'm, I'm quite a little bit interested in, you know, we get a lot of people on the podcast who, you know, grew up in Scotland, grew up in Britain and, you know, kind of viewed Bonds through that, Bond through that lens, you know, you know, as part of the culture here in Britain. Did you, were you aware of Bond before you came to Scotland? Did you watch it um, at home or was it only when you moved here that you became familiar with it? Uh, I, I first got exposed to Bond in Africa, but obviously uh, growing up in Congo and also lived in Uganda before I came to the UK. Uh, in Uganda, I was slightly older to go and watch films, but in Africa, the way films are sort of shown is kind of different from here. They don't have theaters. I mean, they do have theaters now, but like back in the day, you would either pay some guy who got a, vid- a video cassette from somewhere and he's showing in a community. And then, because they spoke in English and it's I'm from a French speaking country, so he will be translating what they were saying 
um to us in either french or in our national language so growing up it's not until i realized this guy probably didn't tell us the truth about what's going on but i'm i'm <laughs> such a good visual learner so i really enjoyed those movies so, and that's how i just paid like maybe 200 francs for the first time to go and watch the bond movie but i didn't know it was like a british movie i thought it was like an american movie you know it's like an action movie we're all gonna watch an action an action movie and then uh just started seeing these guys with suits and everything and i, I thought i thought i found that really classy but obviously i didn't know uh, where the country was from or if it's British all that stuff so I just found out that when I got to the UK about 10 years ago um yeah so so when you got to Scotland and you were like hey I know that accent yeah I was like I know the accent I know why are they talking about Scotland so all this time this franchise is from Britain and it's based on these characters created by people in Britain so I didn't know that and then my friends were like oh it's quite a big thing here I'm like okay cool cool and I really like the way they have these really cool intros of their films and they've got like a soundtrack they just go a little extra mile with their projects which are quite I always find fascinating because when you look at film and music they sort of work together in some way and I like the way they always bring like an artist to create a soundtrack and then they've got to create the visuals so when I got to Scotland I started learning more about Bond than I even knew. I didn't even know there were comic comic books out there about the, the characters, so it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so amazing to hear a different experience or a different perspective, like um, from well, from certainly my own experience of watching Bond for the first time. I didn't have a guy translating it into French <laughs> standing right in front of me. That's uh, yeah, fascinating. I wonder what I wonder if you could go back now and he and listen to the the commentary that he provided compared to the reality, how different it would be yeah it's, it's, it's all funny you know i mean the, i think most of those guys really wanted to get a lot of people in so as long as it's an action movie yeah. you know and it's like an american movie that's speaking english we all are very excited and you know you're watching it on a big tv and you've paid your money so you did appreciate that and the guy would translate and we we're just listening but me i was a little bit stubborn i was always more focused on the visuals that even when I went back home, I went to school, I'll be telling guys from school, like I'll tell them the whole movie. I wouldn't tell them what they said, just what I saw and how awesome it was. So yeah, when I got to Scotland, that's when I started learning about Bond and the characters and stuff like that. So do you think that your interest or your focus on the visual side of things, do you think that was part of the influence or part of the reason why you then went into you know visual art and, and, and comic books and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've always been a, a visual learner. Uh, I remember a lot of people always like, oh, well, in this sort of DNA age, you got to read a lot of books, get more informed. But I, my brain works completely different. If I sit in a lecture for two hours and you're telling me a book that I need to read, I won't pick up much. But if you bring up visuals, uh, a film or a bunch of images that you know sort of translate what's in the book i'm more likely to learn uh, faster and better that way so and i think yeah watching bond for the first time and then seeing all the motion picture i think that also sort of influenced my filmmaking now because i was super curious about filmmaking so uh, i don't know if it was a kind of it was a tweet or an instagram where you were you were filming in the same location where skyfall was filmed in the glencoe <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble with the Glasgow City Council. I think I think I should have paid a fee for that. But anyway, oh, yeah. I always found that iconic. I've never been to Glencoe, so my friend was like, "You know what? We need to get some earlier footage from Glencoe." I'm like, "Is that not where they shot Skyfall?" So the night before, I went back and watched the movie. I was like, "We need to find this place," you know. So on the day we got there, when we started flying our drone, I was like, "This is it. This is it." 
it felt magical you know like when you're a kid or if you're young and you're a big fan of these films and they've been in certain locations that you 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 put your feet in you feel special in a way there's some sort of gratitude and excitement that was inside of me and i was having a cup of tea it's perfect you know <laughs> so i couldn't complain it was amazing it was an amazing experience yeah amazing that's lovely to hear because you know, I don't, I don't know how many times I've made that drive up through Glencoe and it's it goes through your mind. You're going, this is the bit, this is where, even when, so my, my girlfriend and I watched Skyfall quite recently and uh, that part where they're driving through, I go, I think we've been there, we've been there. She's dead excited and yes, yeah, it's, it's such a love. You're right, it is a magical feeling when you when you go to those locations. Yeah. At the moment as well, because it feels like there's so many films being made in Scotland it's quite it's so easy you know and there's website stuff you can go on and just look at the locations and you know out your front door especially in glasgow if you're staying in glasgow you know you know five minutes away there's like scenes where the film's huge big budget american films and more and more as well it's it's quite a cool time to be in scotland yeah and mine is there now i shot mine there so i say so gotta add that to the list <laughs> <laughs> so one one big question before we um start on your bond movie when is the Beats of War movie coming out? Beats of War movie in five years. You know, I'm giving myself time to let people, uh, you know, read the material because it's very important to read the material. It's more like when you watch a DC movie or a Superman with a Spider-Man movie. If you've been reading the comic books for over the years, you take in all that information. So when the movie comes out, you're a proper fan and you do appreciate the motion picture. So five years, uh, you give me enough time to release all the issues of Bits of War and I'll keep promoting until the whole world knows about Bits of War before we can uh, do something about it. But I'm uh, I'm pretty excited because obviously being a filmmaker, even creating comic books, I'm always visually seeing how I want it to look like. Exciting. Yeah, a long way, but yeah, I can't wait. I know what you mean as well, like before any of the, the Marvel films or the DC films come out, I'm always like going back, rereading the comics, getting myself excited and then going to see the latest one. Fantastic. So let's dive into it then let's dive into your bond movie uh before we do have a little cheer i don't know if you've got a drink with you uh etienne i know you don't drink 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 yeah but, uh, <laughs> have, a, have a, a virtual cheers anyway yeah a cup, of, a, cup a cup of tea yeah that's the way to go yeah <laughs> perfect and yeah let's do it so first things first yeah who's james bond idris elbow nice now you were straight in there no hesitation was that an easy choice for you? Yeah, I think Idris Elba is quite current. You know, over the years, I've seen the different bones that have come uh, and gone, and they've been all awesome. And I think the way, you know, Idris, Idris Elba has sort of proven himself as an actor, I think he would really smash the Bond character. And I think he would give us a different perspective, you know. And I think because you guys have seen him, like, in, 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 you've seen him like in Hobbs and Shaw, you know, he was a good villain. Now, can you imagine him being that sort of sort of like British intelligence, I think that would be awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a popular choice, Idris. I mean, there's been so much hype about, is he gonna do it, is he too old to do it? Yeah. I mean, this is your fantasy bond, so you can have him at any age you like, but there is that thing of, in real life, is he too old to do it? I mean, I don't know, how many Bond movies do they take you out of you? Is that like five, five before you can retire? Well, um, it varies, it varies, doesn't it? Some yeah. One of them just did one yeah so you could do a one and then you could do a one yeah and i think i think for me obviously uh because obviously uh i'm so quite old school in a way as well like i need to solve 
be able to connect to the character through their movies and be able, for me to choose them you know i don't want to choose a slightly new actor who i'm not sure if they could be the best born um, but because i've seen him in different things he's played in different characters and i think he could deliver the character really well but edge wise you're right you know there could be a bit of a challenge there if the studio is like you know what we need five movies out of this guy but how old is he gonna look but i think an old bond would look really sick as well because when you look some comic books the bond they, they give you the gray beard bond and a few issues that come in i think you know that could work as well there's always you know room for yeah, old, old man bond yeah yeah right to enter the story and make it a part of the the character Idris Elba no that's that is a good shout it's one that I I always tend to agree with and I always tend to think yeah that's a good shout and I can always understand is is it maybe a bit of a, an easy choice given that you've got everyone in the world to choose from is Idris Elba the easy choice to make yeah I think it's, it, it, I wouldn't say it was an easy choice because there's a lot of great actors there who could do a Bond character. Why not give him a shot, you know? Uh, and I think he would give us a different, you know, perspective. And then that's why I chose him. But obviously there's other actors out there, you know, like Tom Hardy who could play yeah. Bond in my way, you know, and other British actors, you know, who could do these characters really well. But yeah, uh, for me, uh, currently, I feel like Idris Elba would be really, really good. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's important for Bond, I guess, especially, but maybe like more generally in films for there be to be more diversity in these main yeah it's in big characters and more diversity across like the big franchises? Yeah, I think it's important to to to, to have more diversity in these uh, franchises, especially the fact that obviously the Bond character is British, right? And obviously uh, in the comic books is portrayed as a, 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 you know, white Caucasian, you know, but because uh, Idris Elba is also is British, so he could be British intelligence. So that there's a possibility there because obviously now Britain is like a melting point of all cultures. And if the guy has proven himself, you know, with his art, why not give him a shot and see what he can sort of pull off? Um, you know, when they, for example, they chose Robert Pattinson to play the Batman. I was like, no way, you know, had this whole perception about vampires you know i was like it can't happen but you know but when i watched the movie i was like actually he's actually good so i think Andrew elba would you know have a good run yeah no one can deny he's got the acting chops to do it he's one of the most like probably of any british actor still like working at the moment maybe one of the best careers the most illustrious career I don't think there's anyone out there who doesn't like Idris Elba. He's so popular and he's so talented. He's talented, not even just as an actor, but like also as a producer, as a musician mm-hmm. as well. Like he's got so much, so many arrows to his bow. Yeah, he's he would just, I think he would be a, a really brilliant ambassador for the role. Yeah, and you know, like this whole thing about Bond, you know, being, you know, sexy and all that, you know, this hottest man in the world, you know, I think The Rock and uh, Idris Elba, there was this fuss about him being the sexiest man in the world and him being the sexiest. And then you could tell when you see Idris Elba in his suit, you know, he's got that look that will sort of tick off all those dots. You know, if you give him a good watch, suit him up like the way you dress right now and just... I think he he portrayed the character really well, you know. The, I think the ladies the ladies have approved that, you know. And once the ladies speak, we're like, okay, cool, we, we'll be on board with that. But yeah, the guy looks good as well, his physique as well. And I think you need that as a Bond, you know. You need to have that sort of you know look that the camera will like for that sort of story that they're trying to sort of portray. And you know, he's done a lot of action movies, and you know, like with no time to die, so the amount of action that was there, I think 
putting Edris Elba, he would smash it. I think it would be awesome, yeah, to watch. Just to clarify for the, the audience, that was uh, that was uh, me, Fraser, who's wearing the, the clothes that Edris Elba should consider wearing for James Bond. Thank you. Thanks for that, Etienne. <laughs> yeah, good show. Um, what, what I would say... And this is not, you know, not to disparage you, Fraser, at all, because I think you, you know, are very cool yourself, and you have a very uh, a good presence on the podcast. But Idris Elba is one of these actors who it does have a swagger about him in the roles that he plays, and even just himself in his day to day life. He's he's very cool and comfortable with himself, and that really like comes across in uh, on screen as well. Yeah, and he's uh, there's that um, that come. I'm thinking of Luther here, and I'm thinking of like. That broken character suits well. It suits the the current version of James Bond anyway. That sort of troubled and sort of damaged character that he's terrific at playing at and would be able to continue that on. I think really well. Yeah, I think he would give us a, a different sort of you know perspective. I mean, we've had a lot of Bonds that are really good, but I think with Idris Elba, I think it could be different. You never know. I think he could be. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Brilliant. Good. I like it. I like it as well. Lock it in. Yeah. Tick. Tick. <laughs> On. Done. <laughs> cool. Who's next? So next we have what is traditionally known as the Bond girl. Um, but with this being Build-A-Bond, you can do whatever you want with it. Um, it doesn't have to be Bond girl. It could be any other sort of co-star that you want. Um, yeah. Who have you gone for? I'd chosen like a co-star um, to play along with Bond. More like... Uh, does it need to be a female character? Can it be a a, a male character? Yeah, whoever you want. Yeah, I mean, cause I know I like all these actors. You know why? I chose Tom Hardy. Really, you know why? <laughs> I mean, I watched the guy in Legend. Have you seen Legend? The one when he was he had a twin brother. He's the Cray twins. Yeah, yeah. Guy, this guy just got that look and his performance is just. Literally, I mean, there's some movies that is, uh, he's done and I just sit there for a good two hours and I'm not moving from my seat. It's just the way he performs to the camera. And I think having him there as maybe that sort of uh, character that sort of supports Bond, but he's still trying to find his own way into the 007, you know, I think he will create a good sort of like uh, balance. It will be a little bit of competition but because they're sort of all muscular characters they would sort of all feed off each other it's like when you watch Hobbs and Shaw when you see Justin Stantham and see um, The Rock they're all like really top characters and no one was overtaking the other so I think having them both play uh, him playing the coast and him playing James Bond would give us a, a, a good interesting movie I think that's what I chose uh, for me because I feel like I like these characters uh, as British actors and I think they would you know sort of you know pull it off yeah i don't know what you guys think obviously yeah that's like the the best of british like headliners the two biggest <laughs> the two best actors currently in britain tom hardy and Elba, side by side yep yep honestly i i cannot agree more i mean yeah when when you see tom hardy in different characters he literally changes and plays a different character so he could be a sort of 007 that is new being trained but does not like that Idris Elba is the top 007 and he's trying to like, okay, let's work together, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be in Jamaica, take out the bad guy, or I'm going to try and take, you know, this sort of um, new mission before you you take it on, you know, so I can prove myself to the the top uh, ranking officials that I can be the new Bond. So I think that would really 
play really well um, as a film. I mean, this is just the ideas I'm having, you know, this, uh, and I think uh, with filmmaking you as well, you have to sort of open your mind to what could happen in that sort of instance if you're trying to tell that sort of parallel story between these two characters that are either, they, they, they seem like they're working together, but they're not. And I think you saw that in No Time to Die. I, f I forgot the other, the other female character who was playing with the... Uh, um james bond i forgot her name she she was like doing her own her own thing and she's a new 007 and he's like sort of re going to retirement he's trying to start a family but she's like kind of badass the new driving yeah. the new toys yeah. you know you could feel that sort of tension between them you know um the, and i think that played really well you know so yeah yeah nice. so he, tom hardy's a sort of lashana lynch kind of character yeah 006 and a half maybe yeah yeah <laughs> what do you think fraser um yeah i mean it's different isn't it it's something we yeah normally normally you would come people come on and pick you know a bond girl someone to play the you know the, the female leads and and bonds the hero and that's the and that's it but this is quite a cool and intriguing idea this is quite it's not it's not a bond film that we've seen before the only thing that's kind of reminded me slightly of is in golden eye when Sean Bean was like a, a double agent as well. And of, of course, like he turns out to be the bad guy, but maybe that's part of, maybe that's going to be the twist in yours. Maybe Tom Hardy will turn out to be the bad guy. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Maybe there he's trying to, you know, get some really interesting information that he would like to maybe share with another government. And he's just doing his own bond thing, you know, either he was, he feels that maybe he should be the top bond and this sort of uh, job was given to Idris Elba character. So, and then there's that sort of competition. They are crashing, but it seemed like they're working together and he could turn out to be the villain in the story. But I obviously did not write him down as the villain of no. the Bond. Yes, <laughs> as a different character, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, is, it, is there any, is there perhaps a love story there? Is there any sexual tension between them? Between them, no. I think maybe there could be something that maybe something that always makes them clash maybe they attended school together in high school together and maybe they dated this girl that was the hottest girl in school and now she's grown up she, she, she works for this other private organization and he still has that rage like you took my girl you know idris elba you know <laughs> now because you're the one at the top you know you know like when you meet these guys who are friends who are pals in yeah. high school but there's that sort of tension between them because like you took the best girl that he was dating at the time and because now you're the top man and you have this girl so there's that sort of you know yeah. like come on man like let it go like <laughs> you took my girl you took my yeah. job you took everything so, yeah yeah so i think that would be quite interesting to look at yeah very cool yeah i like that yeah they've got this this history of fighting over a girl have they ever idris elba and tom hardy have they ever been in a film together hmm. um that's a good question actually uh not that i can think so, of yeah I think they're all like doing their own solo stuff you know yeah. you know these these uh these actors they are all like ellis actors like i think yeah um i think the only person that ever got a lot of ellis actors in the same movie was quentin talentino he always does that with all these mm. movies but i think it'd be interesting to see them together i don't think there's any movie maybe correct me if i'm wrong i don't think i've seen any movie of them both in, in, in yeah i don't think so um, you know Listeners at home, if you can correct us, tweet tweet us build upon 007 if you can think of a film they have been in together. But I can't mm. think of anything. No, me neither. No, mm. I'm a little bit. I mean, 
now that we've kind of uncovered this secret history of theirs, the high school history, is there anyone, have you got anyone in mind to play this hottest girl in school? The childhood oh. sweetheart. The childhood sweetheart as a British actress. Does she need to be a British actress? Nope, she can be yeah, anyone yeah. you want in the world. Anyone I want in the world, I think we could play it really well. Oh, that's a good question now. That's a good question. I think give me some time. To, uh, I'll yeah. give okay. the right name of the character. I'll, I'll give you the right name of the character that I think could really portray the character. Yeah, All right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we've got Bond and we've got our co-star. Yeah. yeah. A competition going on here. Sort of friendly rivalry. Maybe Tom Hardy turns out to be the villain. We don't know yet. But there is another villain who is... Mm. Hit it. Go. <laughs> The villain I'm gonna tell you, you probably don't remember the character. Yeah, you probably don't remember this character. Uh, this is a I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell you his name first of all, and then I'll tell you see if you guys remember this character. His name is called Billy Drago. He's from Rock My World music video with Michael Jackson. He was like a thug and villain. He was a, one of the guys who was leading the th the gang that was trying to fight Michael Jackson in a and rock my world i don't know if you know the character it's an old character this guy did a lot of movies back in the day in the 80s when he's like the villain mm -hmm. and i think he's look he's called billy drago you can go him check him out i'm gonna check it right now yeah <laughs> check him out he's really scary oh he passed away a couple of years ago yeah i think he for me scary though yeah 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 he's in the untouchables uh-huh yeah untouchables Tremors 2, uh, Tremors 4, sorry, not Tremors 2, <laughs> yeah. Lady Dragon 2, he's in that. Mm -hmm. But the, he obviously made the mark with you in this music video. Yeah, not even ju just that. Uh, uh, growing up, um, uh, I saw I saw most of the movies that he was in it, and it's just the character didn't really talk as much, but he was that scary. It's like the guy who was uh, the villain in... Um, who was the villain that was locked up in No Time to Die? I forgot the, the name of this guy. He was in a previous Bond, but he was sort of locked up. He didn't speak much, but he was really scary. Yeah. So he sort of gave the same vibe uh, as the character in all the movies I saw growing up. And I feel like there's a lot of villains that have done a lot of great job, but he he has always done so well in his movies. And if you have not seen him in any movie, try and watch some of the movies he's played the villains. He's, he's always smashed it. And I saw him that when I was really young. Can you imagine I still remember him all these years? Yeah. So there's something really about his character that really got to me. And I think that he would really, yeah, he would, he would do a good job. I, I cannot even agree more. And then um, there's this other girl you asked me before. I know I'm going to call you. The one who okay. could be the okay. girl. I think her name is Leia. She's the girlfriend of uh, the new the James Bond from No Time to Die. Um, Daniel Craig. Her name is Leia. Leia. I can't pronounce the other name. Say Duke. Say Duke. Oh yes, oh, Leia Seydoux. Yeah. We I've seen this girl in Inglorious Bastard. Uh, it was I think she was quite a new actress, and then she's in this movie. She could be the girl in the movie you know why i like her performance because she is not really that popular in a way but she's also not like a low class actress but she gives off that sort of mystery a uh, vibe to her performance and she's so good at it you know and emotionally she just sort of there's a scene in no time to die where she's left off at the opening of the movie where uh, james bond drops her 
off of the train station and she she just goes into the train and starts going up uh, going mm -hmm. away and she stops looking at uh, daniel craig and that scene always gets me all the time i don't know obviously movies are about emotion right and i think she really brings it out really well and without even making maximum maximum effort you know there's other characters who could play this character really well but I don't know much about this character or this this girl but she's just that good you know that's that's for me i think that sometimes you know when you watch a lot of james bond movies and you try and get these top popular female characters to try and can play that female role it's always hard to choose somebody that you feel could really portray it really well so i'm gonna go back to her character as well i know she's been no time to die but in my movie i think i would recast that to come and maybe try and Forget about the other James Bond movies, and then just let's just create our own right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Is this going to be a continuation because she's still alive at the end of No Time to Die? It could be. It could be a continuation, but obviously that would be left for debate. Be, it would be quite weird if she if she ended up going out with another guy called James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we wanna we wanna get Thanos to come and snap his fingers and <laughs> everything that happened before, and then. That's like a new slate, you know. It could okay. be, or it could be someone else that is that good. But I think her, she's always played uh, that sort of uh, female character that is in love with James Bond, and they've got these ups and downs. Um, yeah. but at the end of the day, they all sort of stay together. And I think emotionally and the way her character sort of uh, really yeah, plays in James Bond, she she, she get, I don't know why you guys think about her character anyway. Uh, do you, what do you think? Do you... I think. Um... And what I think you've demonstrated so perfectly is throughout like all the Bond films, like right back to the start up till now, the, the Bond girls have been most famous probably for being like quite forgettable as characters. Yeah. You know, they come in, they're maybe like some arm candy or they're the damsel in distress. But clearly as they do in her role, she's really stuck with you as a character, which is yeah. great and has been pretty uncommon in Bond films. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. I think... Um... For me, because she was Inspector as well, yeah, as as the main the main co-star, and she didn't do much for me in that. But in No Time to Die, I thought she was terrific. Yeah. I thought they really they really saved her character mm. uh, in that film um, from the damage, I suppose, that or the, the sort of poor service I think that they'd done to Inspector. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a good it's a good shout, um, and I she's a great she, actress. I think she's. She's also now, since she, she, as you said, she was in the um, Quentin Tarantino film. She's been in a few Wes Anderson films, so she's become a, a massive star now. I think she's been in, like huge in France for for years and years and years, and only yeah. recently started to, yeah, get into more Hollywood films and stuff. Yeah, she is she, is she a French actor actress? Yeah, she's French yeah. Actor. yeah, she's she, yeah, she's kind of good. Yeah, I I couldn't think like James Bond has got this vibe, you know. You, you want to choose the perfect girl, you know? You you want James Bond to have the perfect girl. So, <laughs> me right now, you guys just put me on the spot. So, I, <laughs> I give you the one I know that I feel comfortably with her performance would literally pull off something. But obviously, we need to erase the other James Bond movies to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Definitely. So, I suppose she's like, I guess, a relatively safe bet because we know she can do the role. Hmm. Billy Drago. Yeah. A bit more out there. Not someone... <laughs> I'm, to I'm I'm very familiar with it all. I can see that he's done. He seems to have done a lot of like horror type films and that kind of thing. Is that what you've seen him in mostly? 
yeah mostly horror and a bit of a lot of action movies and i think in the 80s during that time is super popular that's why you even see him in the michael jackson mm. music video i think hiring that guy to be in a music video that's quite a big thing you know and i think he saw sort of, you know he's he's just it's just the face with these characters who play villains like the face really is that scary that if you obviously wrote a different character that sort of sits with his looks and everything i think it would portray the character really well but i forgot the other guy who plays uh, the villains in the villain in skyfall as well he gives me the same vibe he mm. was he's in a lot of uh, quentin talentino's movies and sometimes he's like a good guy and he plays the bad guy and he can switch both uh he's also a good character who could play the villain but he's been in a lot of movies now but i feel like uh, el drago is uh, is like my pick it's my top yeah oh, really? Drago. i'm in yeah it does look as i say i've had a quick look quick google and it does look like physically quite intimidating you know which mm. is like half the battle with the bond though yeah and you know sometimes you know villains do not need to look muscular it's more about you know their praises their looks and how they hold power if they walk in a room that's why you see most of the villains they don't need to be all whacked out yeah. obviously except bane you know in the dark night <laughs> that's different you know yeah. but him suited up super serious that look and he's got all the guards and the way he he delivers the dialogue he will really play the character yeah. well yeah because now bane's, yeah. bane's working with james bond now so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a good actor, Billy Drago? I can't say I've ever seen him in anything, but is he? Would you say he is a good actor? Yeah, he is a good actor. Yeah, really good actor. I think try. I think the shortest thing, obviously, you could do is just watch some of the clips from some of the movies he's done during that time. Just watch the performance of the way it's. I think being an actor is more about expressions, like with your face expressions. How can you make people feel like they want to laugh or cry or? feel scared with what you're trying to say and i think he does that really well and obviously there's some car there's some actors who can play villains really well but there's some who can play like their protagonists really well and some cannot play both but this guy he's just made to play a villain you just his look you know if you make him the good guy it's not gonna work you know <laughs> so it's uh it's just he's really good with those face explanations and he's slightly small tiny but if he talks you know and the way he's moving his head it's it's distracting you're like whoa yeah. <laughs> let's chill but yeah that, that's my top pick yeah it sounds definitely a lot like inspired a little bit by i think you mentioned christoph waltz who was the bad guy in well no time to die and then specter before that he, yeah. the guy who was in the cage that you mentioned yeah he's like that doesn't you know not a big physical guy but yeah. just plotting and you know outsmarting bond yeah, he was the, he was the best villain I think I've ever seen in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, so good, terrifying, mm. terrifying. It was just what a cast so far. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's coming together. We've got yeah. big stars. We've got uh, a kind of unknown villain come back from the eighties, <laughs> um, making a comeback. The next question we have for Etienne is who you're going to have directing your Bond film guys you can't ask that to a film director <laughs> are you serious 
if I'm gonna get a shot to be able to do big movies, this is my moment to shine. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> I would choose myself. Obviously, there's a lot of directors that I I appreciate out there, and I know there's a lot of people who can tell stories in a really great way. But I would always choose myself first, so I can also show the world what I can pull off. So I think it would be pretty pretty interesting. And I think Bond movies have always done that. They've always brought in some really unknown directors who already been doing stuff but they sort of give them that opportunity to sort of like show off their their talent and i think i always choose myself so you know you gotta love yourself sometimes but i gotta show the world what i can do as well you know <laughs> i love that i love it when people pick themselves yes i love yeah. it as well fraser are you gonna criticize any of the any of his previous work no no i think <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare not to your face anyway <laughs> no no i think um yeah go with it i Listen, Etienne, I'm a, an am I suppose amateur filmmaker in a way. Yeah. I would love to work with you. Can I work in your Bond film as well? Yeah, you 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 do camera work or you cinematographer? Yeah, I'm a well, I'm a producer director. Yes, we can we can work together on the film. Why not? I think we'll pull off some really good stuff. And I think with these big films as well, if you're an upcoming filmmaker, you're like really scared, oh, how can I put this off? But people forget making films, it's all about collaboration and how can you sort of get the best actors, the best cast and bring it, bring the best performance out of them. And I think that's, uh, that's the fear that a lot of maybe new filmmakers have. And the thing is when you're on set, you're trying to find it with the actors, you know? It's mm. not like pressure, pressure on me, just the director. Actors always tend to surprise the director sometimes. So with collaboration with guys who've been, you know, using all these camera grips, whatever, for all over 30 years, I still collaborate with them and make the best Bond movie. So yeah, I'd be up for a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. This would obviously be, a, you know, a big challenge for you, something a bit different. When you did your first film, did you feel that pressure? Did you, you know, how, how did you manage that? Yeah, I think, yeah, the first film, it took me over a year to do. So that was the first film because obviously it's self-funded and being a filmmaker, you need to love stress, you know, you need to embrace stress. I don't know about you, um, but as a filmmaker, if you cannot handle the stress, because everybody's coming to you, what are we doing next? Who's going to, oh, what's my, my act now? What I'm going to be doing? And then, you know, the producers come to you to tell this. So you need to be able to operate in that chaos, you know? And it was, the first film was really a challenge, but that sort of showed me that uh, I can handle stress really well and I can speak and communicate really well with the actors, the cast and the crew, which is really important as a film director and a filmmaker as well. So um, it was quite stressful, the first film, but I mean, my second feature, which I just wrapped last year, it took me about five weeks to show. I was even more relaxed on this, uh, on this, on this film, you know, and uh, I collaborated with a lot of great filmmakers and a great cinematographer, lighting, all those things that go with the film and the cast was really good as well. So yeah, I think making film is always a challenge. I mean, we're there because we love storytelling. So just getting the right people, the best people to collaborate with, because sometimes you want to shoot an angle and your studio is like, oh, can we try this? This will look good. You have to be also be open to those ideas because you all want the same thing at the end. So I just like to say to myself that it's stressful i love stress but we all love films and we are there to make the best that we can so that we can sort of um sort of inspire or make people feel differently and make people escape for those two or three hours we've sort of put together so yeah it's a it's, it's a really quite unique medium that i love and 
I'm here to tell stories really basically. So even though it's challenging, I wake up every morning, drink some water, ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. And how would you feel in this film working with Idris Elba, Tom Hardy? Would that be pretty cool? I think that'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool. And you know what? I'm quite good at keeping my calm, even though I'm like, you know, around these big stars. You know, I'm like keep it real professional, which are, you know, cool, more relaxed. And I think that would be uh, such a, a dream come true for me, working with actors who've got that experience. And I think you, you, when you work with these actors, you realize that these guys have left their home and they know the craft, they know what they're doing, which makes my job even way better. So um, uh, I think that would be very exciting. And I think I like to put it out there in the universe to say one day I work with these actors, you know, so why not? I think this is the first time on Build a Bond that I've actually been listening to guests building their film and actually a little bit believing that this is actually going to happen. That's it. You know, the, you know, the thing is, I just do believe that you guys contacting me to be even on the podcast, we're not here by mistake. You know, there's a reason why this is happening. And I think if this did never happened, then it was ne never meant to happen. But with the fact that we're here, we're talking about all these ideas and we create our own Bond movie, it's happening for a reason. So, no, it's, it's a world of creativity. I just have to open my mind to imagination and you never know what could come out of this, you know? So why not? Right. Why not? That's the right attitude. Why not? Yeah. Barbara Broccoli, if you're listening, yeah. take notes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Um, is what's your kind of have you got a, a, a certain style have you got a a kebabo style that would that would be recognizable are you yeah, an auteur yeah as a filmmaker yeah i've gone my way of you know shooting uh, my sh my shooting style i'm more of like because i grew up a fan of uh quentin talentino's movies you know you like you like i like to i don't like giving a camera to a cameraman to just sit there and shoot for me and I'm watching through the monitor. I want to go there and watch him through the, the viewfinder and see him perform for me. So I like those sort of long takes, but let the, the actor be able to experiment in a way because you get things that are that come with uh, with a surprise and they end up being good takes that you can use for a movie. So I like this style of filmmaking and I know a lot of people may disagree on some of his movies, but I like his authenticity, um, his originality with his ideas and the way he shoots and the way he lets the shots breathe. You know, you know, when you see some of his movies, he doesn't like to cut because when you cut, you take people away from the emotions that we are feeling at the moment. So I like that sort of style as well. But obviously, I've got my own way of doing things because obviously, as a director and filmmaker, you always need to find the style the way it suits you but i've grown up to watching his movies and they inspire me a lot to sort of try and create my own style and i can see myself going in the same direction as a filmmaker but telling my own stories as well so awesome that's good stuff that's excellent yeah i would love to i'd love to see your take on bond 100 mm. i'm in yeah um moving away from the cinematic side of things for a moment you mentioned earlier right at the start the importance of the music side of things to bond yeah um so are you a fan of the bond theme songs that sort of thing oh yes i am i am i'm, I'm always looking every year i'm like when they make a bond movie, like, who's gonna be the artist really i don't know if i'm the only one who asked that question myself i'm like who's gonna be that who's they gonna pick you know so that's always what i asked myself and i was like is it gonna be good are they gonna be good is it gonna be good like i'm just always curious and then they never really seem to 
disappoint us sometime. Maybe if I've forgotten the older ones, the newer, older movies, James Bond, which I obviously don't remember as a kid growing up, but the ones more recent, like the ones with, they did with Adele, uh, Sam Smith, and um, Billy Eilish, I think, spot on, spot on, like, yeah. yeah. That's interesting that you think that, because I've said before on this, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the, the Billy Eilish one. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was that. It wasn't a big enough sound. It wasn't a bombastic, huge noise for me, yeah, personally. But you liked it, so it worked. Yeah, I definitely agree as well. I think there's more, there's more good Bond theme songs than there are good Bond films. I would say, yeah. I say on average, the, the 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 songs are you know tend to be good, whereas the, the films, as we've discussed many many times, yeah, you know, are always enjoyable but aren't always necessarily that good. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are going to choose my artist from a Bond movie then. I don't know. It's going to be... Oh, oh. <laughs> Pressure's on. Tell us who you want performing your theme song. I think because obviously with my Bond movie, it's going to have that emotional... Uh, it's an emotion-driven yes, film, obviously having these two characters that are sort of trying to clash in a way, but they've got this sort of history with this girl they all like. I think for me, someone who can sort of do that well and connect with the audience uh, emotionally lyrically and who's, who's been doing it for quite some time and who i could feel could pull it off it would be sam smith i would choose sam smith because i really loved writing on the walls you know the one he did for was that skyfall um and i think he really the uh, the soundtrack really played well with the movie and yeah i think i would choose him for my my film yeah Okay, Sam Smith getting another run. Yeah, I'm going to straight off the bat say that I'm not, I'm not that into that idea. Sorry, yeah. Etienne. But... No worries, no worries, <laughs> no worries at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always, there's always that challenge, isn't it? Until you pick the the, the right one. But yeah, I think for me, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't think of anybody right now. Oh, there are there other uh, musicians that are that are into uh, sort of like into different styles of music? And you know, Bond movies, I mean, songs are meant to be a little bit softer, right? To sort of have that feel to the bone, that class. And But I would I, I would be curious to know who's your best uh, uh, Bond, what's, who's your best uh, artist that's done a Bond song? Uh, well, that's, that's an interesting question. Are you, are you saying who's, who's the best artist or who, which is the best song? Okay, the best song for you. Best song for me is Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you're doing there now. You're trying to take me back, eh? So, okay. <laughs> okay. I can't agree with you more. I mean, there's always different tests to it. You know, we always have to, like, there's always different tests of music, and that's me from a director's uh, uh, point of view. But obviously, you would have a lot of producers to challenge me on this. It's like, oh, yeah. dude, we've already had him before. Like, let's find someone new. So, it would be... A good one to open up good discussion yeah it's not i mean he wouldn't be the first person to come back and do another bond theme song a few people have done or just one person's done it yeah, just just shirley bassett's done it shirley three bassett's times done it a few times sam smith could be the first male to come back and do mm -hmm. it again um he also his version is a song for specter uh won an oscar so it can't be that mm -hmm. bad really so i think um the critics seem to like it i would say as well it, this is just my opinion I was never a massive Sam Smith fan, really. 
yeah. outside of the Bond world, the music that he put out, and even and 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 I did I did quite like the Bond song actually. It wasn't so bad, but yeah. since he did that and his more recent releases, he's really gone up in my estimations a lot. I think his more recent stuff, his more recent I think the album came out maybe last year or a couple of years ago. I think this is the best work that he's ever done. I think he's I guess matured a lot as an artist. He's still his voice is still absolutely incredible. You know, that that's always been the case, but his music more recently has, has really appealed to me a lot more. So I'm kind of intrigued for him to come back after that, that development he's done as an artist and have another go at it. I would be interested to see that. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean, even with me, because I got to Scotland about 10 years ago, so myself, uh, my awareness of the Bond soundtracks is not as huge as other big Bond fans yeah. they will know the best soundtracks so even me I'm basing these on the Bond movies I know that I've seen and uh, and I think obviously it's always interesting to hear other people's uh, opinions of what they like in the Bond films but yeah I think yeah something is for me now but I'll be yeah I'll be curious to see why he would do as as of the way he's improved with his, his sort of work is put out right now you know his voice has got that sort of emotional feel to it you know and uh yeah yeah it would be quite interesting so you want a really sad tearjerker emotional yeah well, you know you took my girl kind of thing you know that <laughs> You know, you know. So I think, I mean, I mean, if it was like more like an action-packed James Bond, then we don't want something. We'll do, we'll do something different. We we'll bring a different artist, you know. But um, he's got that sort of vibe that sort of goes with that sort of love story uh, film that I'm trying to tell here. But every good movie needs the good love story, a love story, because if, if you don't have emotions, the movie, you know, people will be like, ah, there's too much action, you know. The first time I watched Mad Max, I was out in the cinema with my friends, like, this is too much action, man. It's not a love story. I'm like, you can have love stories every day, guys. You gotta open your mind to imagination, you know, just, uh... but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, It'll be quite interesting to see. Perfect. So Fraser, hmm, a little bit unsure. Mm. I'm on board for it. <laughs> no. Uh, Anything, Etienne, this is the, the, the point where we open it up. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you've done your, you made your big picks. You've picked all the main categories. We now have the AOBs, the any other bonds. This is your chance to pick anything else that you want included in your film. Anything awesome. extra. Uh, so this new fashion designer called Vibroth, uh, uh, who is, uh, who's worked with Louis Vuitton. Uh, he died recently. You probably got, you, you probably know about him. He's done a lot of work with Louis Vuitton. It's quite good. He's recently uh, partnered up with Baines to create this new Maybach car. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Try and check it out. But I think they're thinking of doing those in the future. It's an electric car, but it looks really bad. Oh, yeah. I Can you imagine that in a Bond movie and put all those toys, you know? I think that would be really cool. And make it maybe silver, a bit of silver there, and that sort of look to it. I think that would be pretty cool, you know? Because obviously, you know Bond for good classic cars, Aston Martins and all that. But I think yeah. for me, I want to go for something really super edgy classy in a way like that i think yeah yeah you check it out let me know what you think uh, i think for for a car i'll choose that obviously i would have an aston martin that's sort of like a classic bond vibe you can't get rid of that that's gotta be there yeah literally cars i'm like the top thing i love cars and i think with that i would be really super specific it's cars that i, I would want to pick for my bond movie but obviously paying homage to how a classic this IP has been. I would literally always have an Aston Martin there, but also have 
these are the new cars, this new breed of cars that are yeah, our new car. generation. Yeah, that you want to introduce to the world, show them what's being made out there. So yeah. And yeah. give me a nice watch too. I love a good nice watch. That's got a little explosion. You place a little button, poof, you know. I love <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like I mean, I love... yeah, I've done that before, but maybe like a, I don't know, like an exploding alarm clock or something, or I suppose that's just Oh that that's just yeah, you just get those little gadgets that are in Bond. Like when I watch Bond movies, I'm always looking out for what's new, what's there, you know. So I would literally the watch will be there, the cars will be there. Yeah, giving a chance to other gadgets that are being made right now, I think that'll be really cool. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Very good. Cool. What a film. Yeah. Anything else you want to add in or should we summarize your film for you? Uh, why else do I want to add in there? I don't know. I don't think I don't think there's anything great. Hmm. Fraser, you need to do the honors of summarizing Etienne's Bond film for I us. I get the honors there. Okay. Right. Etienne Kabwabo, you have made a Bond film. And it goes like this. Uh, it stars Idris Elba as Bond and as co-star as a new and up-and-coming double O agent, Tom Hardy. Um, now, they, there's a storyline going on that they both dated the same girl in school, the hottest girl in school, obviously. And she is going to be played by Lea Seydoux, yeah. who's returning to the franchise as a new character, forgetting all the old stuff that's gone in the past. Um, your villain is going to be played by Billy Drago from the Michael, ba Michael Jackson video uh, the director is yourself, Etienne Kabwabo and the song will be sung by Sam Smith and you've also got uh, a classic Aston Martin you've got a Maybach, how does it sound to you Etienne? Sounds awesome pretty awesome, that's it that's it, I'm very excited, let's go shoot yep, let's go shoot <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing. Now, the final question that we have for you, which we haven't prepared you for, but it's going to see what you come up with. What are you going to call your film? That's a good question. You know, if <laughs> that's, you know what, I'll tell you a story about coming up with titles. That's always the hardest thing to do now, you know, because mm. that's the hardest. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Any yeah. thoughts, Fraser? Um, one idea, but it's really more of just my bitterness about Sam Smith. Uh, yeah. Never say Sam again. <laughs> Based on the um, the love triangle situation, you could call it the spy who also loved me. The spy. Oh, okay. Uh, love triangle. Um, based on. Your most famous character, I suppose, Etienne from yeah. uh, Beats of War. You could call him DJ No. That that could work, <laughs> or maybe um, I don't know James Bond. I mean, they always call him 007 No Time to Die. So maybe it could be like I don't know, Love Triangle. I don't know. That's a good one. You know, like with titles, you put me on the spot. I need yeah, yeah. Some time. You know, coming up with Beats of War, it took us like two months, you know, with <laughs> words moving things around. So this title has, has got to be perfect. So um, you can help me out here, but I don't know. I don't know if I can think of anything right now, you know. Hmm. Okay, well, if anyone listening at home has any suggestions for the name of Etienne's film, please let us know. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, buildabond 7 Send in your names. Let's hear them. Uh, I bet you've got loads of great suggestions. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We've got nothing. <laughs> 
We don't, we don't, don't even, I don't even know how the title of a movie. So, you know what they say, you know, sometimes you can shoot a movie with a working title, no title, and then you figure it out as you go. So mm. we'll figure it out and help us figure it out. So, yeah. Brilliant. Etienne, thank you so much. You're, you're, you're a, a very busy man. You've got lots of things coming up. Tell us what's what we can what we can see from you in the in the near future. Uh well, uh, obviously, beats of war, Scotland's first blast. We've got uh, more issues coming out every every three months, and they're available online and also at the Forbidden Planet in Glasgow. But also next year, I plan on releasing my second feature film, so I'm really excited about that. It will come out March next year. So those are like the two most exciting things happening at the moment. So I'm very excited. You're you are a very busy man. You've got loads of stuff going on. What time do you get up in the morning? I get up at five. Five? Right? Yeah, every day. Five oh. in the morning, go home to sleep about maybe ten, half ten. And yeah, it's uh it's always it's always a non-stop day for me. Mm, really? Well maybe I'll retract that statement about wanting to work with you in the future then. That's a bit early for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a trick one. I mean, because I'm I'm a self uh, I'm a self self employed person and entrepreneur, so you you gotta do it. If I stay in bed, things are not gonna happen. They're not gonna go forward. So I gotta get up every day and um, push yeah. on. Etienne, thank you very much for making time in your busy busy schedule, and we better let you get off the bed. Thank you so much. Five o'clock in the morning. What an early riser. Unbelievable. The early bird certainly catches the worms with him though. He's, he's had such mm. a great career and he knows his stuff when it comes to making movies. Busy, busy man. That was uh, the one episode that I wish I wasn't a podcast host. I wish I could have just sat there and listened to him talk about the films he makes, about his process, about, about everything. You know, I wish I could have just not having to like think of something witty to say or not having to like try and keep track of his picks. I wish I could have just sat back and enjoyed listening to him talking because it was a uh, brilliant fascinating guy yeah he's so passionate about film and and his uh, his work Ge- like genuinely I, I would love to work with him in the future yeah i uh, noticed you trying to wrangle your way into his bond film yeah yeah <laughs> you, got, you got to make these connections while you can don't you True. and he, he might invite me as well because he thinks i'm a big comic book guy now as well he does and he does yeah <laughs> he totally fell for that one line hook line and sinker <laughs> well he didn't question it so I don't want to bring it up again uh, very good and he gets up at five o'clock I would say on a technicality he gets up at five o'clock he doesn't specify does he get you know the question was what time does he set his alarm at does he get up at half four and snooze he does doesn't he... snooze no no chance no way no no time to snooze not a, no time he's no snoozer <laughs> that's his film title <laughs> excellent one absolute pleasure links in the description to all of Etienne's amazing work um, definitely yeah, something worth checking out if you've enjoyed the episode and nothing left to say other than thank you Fraser and thank you Stuart and thanks to Etienne and thanks to the listeners and we'll see you all next week that was very proper wasn't it that excellent <laughs>